So, um, yeah, this, um, let's just open up in prayer. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for our, our house of prayer here, Lord. Not by might nor by power, Lord, but it's by your spirit. Lord, everything we sang today applies to us. So I just thank you, God, and I just ask you for that strengthening, Lord, that increase, that um, assurance in our hearts that we know that we know that you are so with us, so backing us, so infusing us with yourself that your plan is going to, to take place in us and through us. Um, that this is one of the major things you're doing in the earth is raising up houses of prayer in this hour. And Lord, thank you that we get to be a part of it. Thank you that we are at the beginning of it. Thank you that we get to do it voluntarily, Lord, before it's even popular. (laughs) Thank you that we get to build night and day prayer when it's unpopular. Because one day it will be... (laughs) all over. This is what you're going to do. You're going to have a praying bride. Your house, your global church will be called a house of prayer. It will have a culture of prayer. It will be it will be made up of people with lifestyles of prayer. And so Lord, we thank you for forming us right now after your image and what you're doing in this hour. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Well, um, I don't know where to start, but um, we had, uh, so I was just at a um, another prayer room, um, Morgan, in Traverse City. We pray for him every week. You guys hear me praying for him. Um, House of Prayer leaders met at his base, and we do this two or three times a year where we will gather and have basically two days of straight meetings. (laughs) It's just like from morning to night, you know, it's intense, but it's like there's a sense in which you don't want to waste a minute, and so you kind of push yourself a little hard, you know, to like, I really want to take a nap right now, but no, I am going to, I'm going to press in. But um, anyway, so there were six of us this time. We did not have Carlos from Orlando or Gary from New Jersey. because They had other more important commitments um, that they had to attend to. But there were six of us, and um, so it was me. It was Cheryl from Pi Hop. It was um, Brad, of course, from Dallas, and um, Mur- Murray Hebert from Kansas City. Um, who am I missing? Is it everybody? There were six of us. Um, Todd from Chicago. There we go. Uh, and we got to see... Um, what God's doing in Traverse City, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's amazing. We stayed on this property. Uh, Morgan has 40 acres <laughs> and probably 15 homes on this property. 
So it used to be, I think his parents, um, if I'm not mistaken, had a ministry. So they had this expansive land and they used it for troubled teens. And teenagers would come and work the land and um, get healed. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was like, it's amazing the history of this property. Um, now this property is in Morgan's hand. And um, so they're just at the beginnings of kind of like a re-launching um, of vision for what God wants to do with this property. Anyways, we stayed on the property. It was incredibly beautiful. Um, his wife is amazing. She's like a naturopath doctor, a beast athlete. <laughs> She drives a tractor. I mean, she's just, like, <laughs> amazing. And, um, you know, there's, like, a pond. And I don't know. It's just there's so much about this land that you could see how it could be a place of refuge, you know. I mean, they just have it. They just have it. It could be so self-sustaining, such a place of refuge. And you just get on there, and you just you feel refreshed, like, just being on the land. It's like, wow, this is this is a retreat. This is golden. Um, so we felt really spoiled staying there. It was so um, awesome. Um, and then five miles down the road, right kind of close to the city of Traverse City is the prayer room, which is they have a coffee shop attached to it, like a really cool coffee shop. And their prayer room is awesome. Um, it's a lot like ours, a little bit bigger space. Um, but, you know, they have... Uh, they have a small group of people like we do, you know, and they struggle to do what they do. They have some hours and they give themselves to it and it's hard. And it's pretty much like what we do here. And this is why we get together here because it's encouraging. The camaraderie is encouraging. And you go to another house, you pray, you're like, yep, this is how it is. This is how it is, you know. And so we had one night, though, where he invited his people, and we had kind of the um, five of us up on stools to answer questions and kind of do a Q&A panel, and they asked us some questions, and we shared with them, and it was just a sweet, there's probably 15 people from their house of prayer there, and we just kind of shared and had pie together, and um, so... The takeaways, let me just give you the takeaways. Um, I mean, there was so much I couldn't possibly, I mean, I'm still processing a bunch of things that we talked about. Um, um, but I would say uh, from from my end, kind of what the Lord has been, has been giving me and also I shared this too with them. Um, I don't know, a few years back when we were at Good News, some of you might remember um, this, but the Lord had, I was in the back on the sound table at Good News, and uh, I started to get like a vision in my inner man, you know, just in my mind's eye of the wedding feast at Cana. And so I went to the scripture, I'm like, the Lord's saying something about the wedding feast of Cana. So I went to John chapter 2. So I hit, went to John chapter 2. Right in the beginning of that chapter, I read these words, on the third day, boom, I get hit by the Holy Spirit. 
so intensely. I'm in the back room travailing because I understood. I had an understanding that came to me almost like a suddenly download, like, whoa. And then it just kept coming and unfolding in this encounter that I was having with the Lord. And what I feel like he was saying in that was, uh, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. So it's been two days since the crucifixion, right? On the third day, right? John, John chapter 2, on the third day, right before it, this is like the wedding feast of Cana. The Lord caused me to see that we were in this time space, right in between day 2 and day 3, which is the millennial reign of Christ. That's day three. That's the day that's coming. And we're in this little time space right there. And the Lord is about ready to change water to wine. And so in this kind of vision encounter that I was having, um, I was bringing him like a servant. I was bringing him empty, the empty water pots. So, you know, those water purification vessels that he used? to fill, you know, he said, fill those to the brim, bring them to me. Those were purification vessels, vessels used for purification in the Jewish tradition. So the Lord was like saying, I want emptied vessels, purified, speaking of people, (laughs) emptied, purified vessels, right? I'm bringing him the empty vessels. And I'm also feeling the crisis. There is a crisis going on because there's not enough of these and I'm even feeling you know Mary's intercession in that place you know she's interceding and I felt like she was even interceding for the prayer movement there is not enough of these empty vessels so I'm like almost like repenting but bringing him the water pots right And then he's filling them with his Holy Spirit, right? He's filling them with water. Like, they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit, but he's about ready to change the water to wine. And so I understood from this that the wine, when he changes the water to wine, so in the biblical, when he did that, right? When he did that first miracle, everything shifted. It was from that point that he became a public figure, And he was headed to the cross. That was the defining moment. That was the shift. The defining moment where everything shifted. He changed water to wine and he knew, I'm going to the cross. So in our day, there's a water to wine that's going to happen. He's going to fill these empty vessels. The ones who had emptied themselves of everything else. The world the flesh, you know, the enemy. We've emptied ourselves, prepared ourselves. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But when he touches us in such a way that it changes water to wine, it's Christ in us and through us. It's like him living his life in us and through us to the world around us. It is explosive. Other scriptures talk about all creation groans and waits for the revealing of the sons of God. This is what's going to happen. There will be a revealing of the sons of God. Those who have been completely conformed to Christ. The water has been changed to wine. And now it's like there's this explosive 
uh, thing that is happening that is so powerful, it will rock the world. It will prepare the way for the Lord's return. And there will, there will be a, uh, here we go toward the great tribulation. Just like Jesus said, was like, here I go toward the cross. The church will be like, here we go. This will be our cross, the great tribulation. Here we go. It might mean martyrdom. I mean, it definitely does mean li- being living martyrs, if not dying as well for the Lord. It's like, here we go. It's, we're all, we're all in. <laughs> so that whole thing, that spirit of revelation that came on me, right? That was um, powerful, like one of the most powerful moments, right? That I, I have ever experienced. And it was, a, I think, a very poignant wor- word of the Lord, right? So what happened though, uh, the week before I left, when Jason was teaching out of the book of Hebrews, part two came out, I think. I'm calling it part two. Um, Jason's teaching out of Hebrews chapter nine, and he zeroes in on the altar of incense, you know, just zeroes in on this verse, the altar of incense, and just starts expounding on that and how, you know, it, how it's interesting that in Hebrews, it's like the altar of incense is like in the Holy of Holies, but wait, in the old Testament, there's a veil. And it's not in the Holy of Holies. It's outside the veil, you know? So there's this whole teaching that he gave around that. It was amazing. But as he's talking and expounding on that, and, you know, of course, Christ is the veil that was torn, you know, to open up, right? So that we, this altar of incense, right? Incense will go up in every place in a pure offering. It's going to be right out of the Holy of Holies, you know, this is what's going to happen. Okay, how is that going to happen? And like, as he's speaking, I'm getting this Isaiah chapter six thing inside of me, you know, and it's like the altar of incense in heaven. This is Isaiah six. So Isaiah six, there's an altar of incense in heaven. Isaiah is having a full on encounter and um, everything on the earth, right around the temple was a copy, a shadow of what's in heaven. Okay, so he was like at the place before the Lord, before the throne of God, where he's seeing the altar of incense in heaven. And um, so he's having this full on encounter with the Lord. The angel takes the tongs, gets the coal, the burning coal off the altar and touches his lips and cleanses him. Right. There's this full like encounter. And then his response is, here am I, Lord, send me. It's the messenger. It's the John the Baptist right there. After he gets purified, cleansed, emptied of everything else. It's like the water pot. It's like the water to wine. It's, it's another water to wine experience that Isaiah was having right there. But there's more. It's like, um, that's Isaiah chapter 6, okay? King Uzziah. It's in the year King Uzziah dies, I saw the Lord, says Isaiah. In the year King Uzziah, Uzziah was a king who thought, I can be a priest, I can offer this incense. And it wasn't the Lord, it was his flesh, it was his idea. It was his, I'm going to do this too. That seems like a cool thing to do. The Lord's like, no. 
and he gets struck with judgment. He has leprosy the rest of his life. He's separated from everybody else, and until he dies, he has leprosy. Likewise, the sons of Korah, who also tried to offer incense and say, Moses and Aaron aren't the only ones. We can do this, and it's not the Lord. It's not a God idea. It's their idea. So they do it. They get judged. The land opens up and swallows them. The Lord judges them for that. So you think about King Uzziah, that like a work of the flesh. He gets leprosy. Leprosy is a stinking flesh. The Lord's like, this is not, I do not want the offering of your flesh. I do not want your good idea. I do not want your best effort. Difference between Cain and Abel. I don't want your hard work. (laughs) Ouch. I want the blood. I want the blood of Christ. This is my offering. I sent my son. Be covered in the blood. I want my kingdom to go forth, not yours. (laughs) So this is, this is like, this is like coming to the end of ourselves, the end of our good ideas, the end of our agenda, the end of building our own kingdoms, the end of, I'm going to have a ministry and do something great for God. Lord's like, why don't you die? Why don't you get under the blood of Christ? Because it's him that I want to go forth. It's him that I want to magnify in the earth. It's his ministry that I want to explode through you. But you have to be dead, annihilated, gone, done with your agenda and your good ideas and what you think is, you know, like that fleshy offering, you know, I can do the incense this way. The Lord's like, no, that is stinks to me. That smells bad. It's not good. I want my son. I want my son through you. That's the water to wine. So that's why it's in the year King Uzziah died. Okay. So in the year King Uzziah died for the church means we come to the end of ourselves. We come to the end of our good idea and what we think how most of us are like I can do church God most of us can do church without God we can do it God help us this is not a good offering so in the year King Uzziah died is when the church comes to the end of herself her agenda her good ideas her ways of thinking we know how to do church We come to the end of all that then what will happen I saw the Lord. Whoa, encounter. I saw the Lord. I'm going to cleanse you by the blood of Christ of all of this stuff. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to encounter you. I'm going to change you from the inside out. I'm going to turn water to wine, you know. I'm going to just, it's going to be no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That corporately for the global church. In the year King Uzziah dies, right? There's going to be such an encounter. And when that happens, it's full bore. Here we go toward the great tribulation because the sons of God will be revealed in the earth. The sons of God will be revealed in the earth. And people will go, what is going on? This isn't like anything we've ever seen. This is Christ in and through these people, in and through these messengers. 
and we will be all in. Here am I, Lord, send me whatever it is you want. It's no longer I who live. It's not my thing. You must increase, I must decrease, right? It's John the Baptist. So Isaiah 6, right? That's Isaiah 6. Again, it's the water to wine. We are right there. We are so close to that time frame. I think all the stuff that's been happening, the shaking in the earth, is to get us to the end of ourselves, to get us to that point where, where we can't do it, where a good leader, uh, political leader, is not going to be able to pull something off, right? All of this stuff, we will come to the end of ourselves, you know, where we will no longer put our hope in a man or a ministry idea or a leader, right? We will put our hope in Christ alone. We will be at the end of ourselves. So I think all of the shaking, God's like, here we go. I'm getting, I'm getting you to the end of yourself, you know, and even, even all of the, I mean, one of the things we talked about was the deep divisions we all see, you know, down to the family unit where we can't even agree on stuff, right? Why is the Lord doing that? He is poking at these things, you know, to get it all to come up and, and, and just be like, yeah, that's in your heart and that and that repent, you know, go low, be humble, become Christ-like, you know, just all of this stuff, this shaking is all so that we can repent, go low, put on Christ, take off the flesh, repent some more, you know, empty ourselves out more, um, on and on. Um, and so what happens there's Isaiah 6. Isaiah 7 is the virgin birth. Christ in us being born, you know? <laughs> the manifestation of Christ in us. Isaiah 7. Isaiah 8, the Assyrian army comes. That is the prototype of the Antichrist army. That's Isaiah 8. Isaiah 9, the second coming of Christ. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. The government will be on his shoulders. It's all right there. Isaiah 6, 7, 8, the 9th. This is where we're at and this is what's coming. So I just, I share that because I feel like the Lord is speaking the same thing again in a different way. You know, it was the wedding feast at Cana um, whenever that happened a couple years ago. Now it's like Isaiah and um it's like, this is where we're at. And it's, it is, um, you know, we, we are still in the, in the space of emptying ourselves, of like gathering water pots so that they can empty themselves, you know, so that we can bring ourselves, present ourselves to the Lord, a living sacrifice. This is the time frame that we're in. And... There's just going to be more and more, I think, it's the time to build houses of prayer. Um, one of the really interesting dialogues we had at this summit was the dialogue around uh, church planting, and it was around um, kind of like a house church planting is what we were talking about, but it was, it was a praying church plants 
And so we, we got around this topic of, because some of these leaders have, have gotten words from the Lord, a praying church planting movement will come out of you. Many of them have gotten that. And we got around the topic of if we began to plant churches, praying church plants, like house, church, house churches, um, praying house churches with our DNA. In other words, people who already are signed up for the prayer movement, they understand what's going on here. Then they go and plant a house church, right? They're, in their DNA is praying lifestyle going to the prayer room, right? So there is a uh, community in the sense of they've got their core group, their house church, but all of those people frequent the prayer room. And the prayer room is more like the gathering place for the bigger group, the bigger numbers of people who gather for um, being with the Lord together, the corporate expression. Um, and so anyways, that was just a really interesting dialogue because I know all of us have heard of house church movement. Um, I know I have. I, I always had trouble kind of reconciling how does that work with the prayer movement. And I, I couldn't, it always seemed just like a little bit of a disconnect to me and tell this dialogue because with this dialogue it kind of makes sense to me that I mean several leaders knew people in their midst that would be like that guy could plant a church that person that person they could all plant churches right now let's help them plant churches right and so they do evangelism they have their house church they have their house church but they have DNA of house of prayer and they're like we value prayer go to the prayer room spend an hour they're not missionaries they're not ones who are in here all the time go but go spend an hour a week in that prayer room get a lifestyle of prayer cultivate your prayer life it's not just let's have a prayer meeting for our church for our church service like that's most of most of the church churches that we know if they do have a prayer meeting at all they have a prayer meeting for their service not bad I mean of course they should do that but that's different than cultivating a prayer culture, lifestyle of prayer, coming before the Lord, having him transform you from the inside out in the place of prayer. So we cultivate life. This is vertical, you know. This is the vertical place. We cultivate this life of prayer, but then we go plant a church, help people to get in the prayer room, get a culture, get a lifestyle of prayer, and then help them to plant churches. Like it just, it just makes sense to me, you know? And um, so that was just part of the dialogue going on because um, yeah, of some of the words that people have gotten, a church, a praying church planting movement will come out of your house of prayer. Those kinds of words. And it's like, wow. So, um, so there's, there was that. I'm trying to think if there's any other um, big highlights. Um, we are going to be doing a conference, the, the co-op, what we call the co-op. That's our group. We're going to be doing a conference in Dallas 
at the end of um, September, beginning of October, for people who are kind of wanting to start Houses of Prayer. Like what we used to go to um, at IHOP Atlanta, Billy had these conferences that were really helpful that we would go and go like, how do you, how do you do it? How do you do what you're doing, you know? And Billy's just not doing that anymore. He's in a different place. So Brad is kind of taking up the uh, baton for that. And he's saying, let's do this because between all of our houses of prayer, we have decades of experience in this right now. <laughs> let's do this because right now the Lord is calling people to plant houses of prayer and they're like, well, how do I do that? What do I do? It's so hard. You know, you need to go to these things to kind of get encouraged, get information, you know, get prayed for, get, you know, um, everything. I mean, it's so helpful uh, equipping. So we're going to be doing a, a conference in, in Dallas for, um, for this kind of like what we used to do in Atlanta. And I'm sure I could bring people, if anybody's interested and wants to go, it's going to be the end of September, beginning of October. And um, we'll have Q&A panels, breakout sessions, all kinds of stuff all around planting, houses, planting more houses of prayer. So that's coming up. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that... I think that's close to... Um, I'll probably think of some more stuff later to share with you. It'll probably keep coming out of me the next couple weeks. But um, any questions?